Let's go. Go, 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 Your, uh, your boy uh, has a has a shiny, shiny medal. You see my medal? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, escaping prejudice. <laughs> oh no, no, the world there never be a medal for that because that will never end. Uh, <laughs> yo, your boy is uh, can now officially say uh, Arizona verse. I have completed a half marathon, thirteen point yeah. one miles. That's uh, the reason why there has been no podcast for the past uh, two weeks from uh, the Arizona Soul Duo. Is that uh, two weeks ago I had to spend at least one day training because I didn't train for this damn thing at all? Because you know that's how I do it. I do shit the hard way. What can you do training really quickly? So like, uh, committing a crime, of- having the cops chase you, see if they catch you. <laughs> so it's basically you gotta you should try to build up your cardio and you should try to prepare yourself in one way to see how your body is going to react to this uh because uh i i now understand uh the um what is it the the all that comes in with doing a marathon or whatever. And so my, one of my bosses, cause uh, we did this, it, it was through the job. It wasn't like mandatory through the job, but it was something that the job paid for. Um, we did the marathon and my boss actually did the full marathon, which is the 26.2 miles. And so we had a conversation like three weeks ago and he was like, Hey man, he was like, uh, he's lost. Saw your name on the list. He was like, you've been training. And I was like, no. And he was like, what are you talking about? He was like, I've been running eight miles a day for the past three months straight to get prepared for this. And then I was like, nah, I was like, I'm just going to get there and freestyle it. That's what I do. <laughs> I mean, so, hell, if Eminem can run 10 miles and still be rapping. And that's part of his every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What better than know. a brother with, you know what I'm saying? Born built in abdominal muscles. I was, like, you know, I, I was like, I'll figure it out. So, but I did the week, the weekend before, um, I did go out and I, uh, I power walked for like three miles. I power walked in one direction for 1.5 miles, power walk back for 1.5 miles or whatever. And, um, you know, just a quick little warm up. Cause I hadn't, uh, walked in a while since my previous gig or whatever. Did, did, but And the kids, uh, participate or did you? Get oh, hell no, no. Time? No, I, yeah, I, yeah, I know the kids couldn't do that. Um, yeah, that's, it's a lot. <laughs> so, uh, no, I had, um, uh, I had her drop me off and then, um, I went and did the damn thing or whatever. I had her pick me up afterwards. And, um, actually let me switch the camera over here. Cause, uh, yeah, I took, uh, pictures to go along with, uh, the whole little sh- shebang bang. So, uh, this is a uh, rock and roll marathon. Now, so this course, uh, just to uh, describe it, because, you know, we're going in the streets, they block off the streets. And so we're going through the streets to do this marathon. Um, so essentially, this marathon, and you can see like, it's a gang of people, it was like 30 something oh, thousand shit. people. Yeah, it was like 30 something thousand people. They did this. Now, um, hey, let me ask you, what's your anxiety level like with so many fucking people there? No anxiety. No yeah. anxiety. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have any anxiety. Yeah, I've been I've been better since I kicked all the energy drinks. Uh all that anxiety seems to have gone away for the most part. So but uh so the course you start off on Milling University. And then you go down university to uh McClintock. 
you take McClintock and you go all the way north to Hayden Road. On Hayden Road, you come back west to Scottsdale Road. Scottsdale Road, you go back north again all the way up to Thomas. Thomas, uh, you go west again all the way to 64th Street. 64th Street, you come all the way down to McDowell. When you get to McDowell, you go up the mountain trail all the way up, and then you come all the way back down the mountain. And then you come back down 64th Street through, I forgot what street it was, but you get back into Tempe. Then you go over that Tempe Town Lake Bridge, and then you're over there by that little uh, park that's over there. And, uh, yeah, 13 and a half uh, miles. Uh, yeah, it, it was a monster. It was a monster. So, uh, yeah, so this is when I started on Mill. This is uh, Mill and what is this? Uh, or no, University, excuse me, and like Rule. This is over there where, um, what's that comedy place? Uh, is that Improv that's over there? Yeah, the Tempe Improv. Yeah, over there by Tempe Improv. So, uh, yeah, you go through Tempe Improv. Um, this is me passing, coming up on McDowell Road. Uh, this is once I nine and a half miles in. This is when you get over to the Ooh. mountains. Yeah, and you had to go all the way up the mountain, all the way down. I was proud of myself once I hit the 11-mile mark. You know, I had to take a quick little snapshot. <laughs> you know what I mean? See me, I'm, I'm, I'm out here. Uh, and then this is at the finish. Oh, the rock and roll. All right, that's a, yeah, that's rock a pretty and big deal, man. Yeah, yeah. That's why, yeah, it was 30-something thousand people there. And uh, so my time, even though I took this picture like 10 seconds before I crossed, so my end time was like four hours and 38 minutes. Uh, and so uh, it was the Wait, most- four miles in 38 minutes on so no, less no. than an hour? No, four hours and 38 uh, minutes. I was about yeah. to say. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so it was pretty dope. And, um, it, uh, actually once I got up to Thomas, uh, my brother-in-law, uh, was walking the dog that morning. So, uh, he came through with the dog, uh, met up with me on Thomas and, uh, Canadian. Yeah, 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 yeah. My uh, Canadian brother-in-law. And so uh, he walked with me for uh, about four miles or so. And then, you know, I had to walk the dog back to the house, but, um, Bro, when I say that this was the most challenging thing I had been a part of and actually uh, show you this screen, this will show you uh, how long this was. So this was 29,365 steps. It was a total of 14.2 miles. Um, Yeah, yeah. And when I tell (laughs) you that uh, this was the toughest thing i ever put my body through um no joke uh got done that day got home i had to crash like i didn't go to sleep but i had to i had to lay down in the bed for the rest of the day and then luckily i took the next day of work off uh same thing i was in bed all day on monday just recuperating um and then even i think finally i could say yesterday saturday was the first day that i wasn't sore so it took about six days for my muscles to fully recover um but i can tell you since i've done this marathon um i've been having a I'm still rehydrating my body like this takes a toll on you. So I, I like I get it now. And when uh, you see those pictures of people in the Olympics that do those marathons and you know how they're trying to finish and their legs is all shaky and like I get it now. This is no <laughs> joke. This is no joke. Well, see, in that same regard, you know, when, when they're when they're running these marathons and, you know, they really are giving their all. And it's a matter of fucking pressure of of having to, you know, represent your country. And, of course, you know, whatever sponsors deals you, you might have, you know, put it into it. But my question for you, Mr. Universe, especially because you did it for, for the 
for the gig now and and you had mentioned to me that you did this you know to prove to yourself right that you're able yeah. that you're capable of doing it but besides all that any kickback from the company other than well, we're gonna give you the day off because it was on the weekend so right so it didn't even matter no yeah so it was the sunday yeah yeah i mean did they just give you that extra day off did you had to dip into your pto uh, well no i what... requested i requested the day off yeah okay because uh it wasn't like auto day off because the department that i work in it's uh no days off uh we yeah it's a 24 hour <laughs> seven day a week thing so um i put yeah pto in uh to take the next day off or whatever just because again i was like i don't know how my body is going to react to this and i was proud to say that my body reacted better than I thought it was going to. And a lot of it goes back to when I was at G dub, um, there was some of those cell days where I was doing 10 miles a day. So it was like, I've, 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 I've done miles. <laughs> I've done you a lot just, of walking it, it in my a Very close circuit. That's a, well, yeah, exactly. Well, no, seriously, man, I, I know how fucking big of a deal it is. And with, with that, cause again, you, were you speed walking the whole time? Were you running? Were you trying to keep your stamina and it, it be just an endurance race? How did you, how did so, you approach that? So, no, I power walked for the majority of it. Um, I did have, like, two bursts where, like, I just, like, when I stopped to use the bathroom and then, uh, because, you know, it's porta-potties all over the place. And then so uh, if I had to stop to use the restroom or whatever, I would jog for a little bit or whatever just to get me back in rhythm and then try to catch back up with where I was at in the group, you know, because you kind of spot people like, oh, that's, I was up over there. Um, Other than that, no, I power walked it because, yeah, Mm 13.1 miles ain't no joke. Yo, well, considering that you had these little groups you kind of wanted, wanted to keep up with, how did you did you uh, pace yourself as far as like, all right, well, I'm going to catch up or no, nah, I'm in a familiar area. I'm just chill at this space. So, no, yeah, it was just straight power walking. Like I never the only time I stopped was uh, when I had to use the restroom at the porta potties. There was twice like I would say. It was like six miles in. I had to stop and stretch for a little bit. And then at like the 12 and a half mark, the 12 and a half mile mark, it was like that final stretch. Like, okay, I just need to get over this bridge and then we're going to be done. I had to stop again to stretch. But other than that, it was just straight, just steady power walking. <laughs> hey, just, just not stop. So, and it was dope too, man. Cause uh, I was, I was mad inspired being up there and seeing uh there's a gang of old people that's there um i saw a man that was i don't know what his handicap was but he had two walking sticks he's doing the half marathon with the walking sticks Mm. um i saw families who had like disabled children in like wheelchairs and they're doing the marathon pushing their kids in the wheelchair like i was mad inspired seeing all these people around me like it was like this is something so it's actually dope because um i can say now um this is my new shebang bang so uh actually me the brother-in-law sister and uh the wife skips we are talking about doing a 10k at the end of uh february so i think this is my new thing i'm gonna try to uh at least every other month um i'm hitting up some type of marathon 10k something because yeah that's that's crazy you can do within a month's notice because my my uncle um shout out to my creepy uncle mercy uh he always like is doing these things he'll come to phoenix you know from yuma to because apparently we have this shit up very very often and yeah. uh, he'll go to you know, little thing locals around and it takes you know what i'm saying some people would take half a year to train for this one you know what i'm saying what people, th- people would think would be a measly ass event no they they tra- you know what I'm saying they, they want to make sure now they can be best themselves and it becomes an internal competition even though you see 
see people with more, you know, disabled uh, functionary bodies, you know what I'm saying, wanting want to shit on them. Yeah. So it's like, it, it kind of, it uh, it stimulates both ends, so to speak, from what yeah. I've noticed. So that's and what's what, up, man. And what was dope, too, it was funny, because so, you know, you have the half marathon, 13.1 miles, then you have the full marathon, which is 26.2 miles, and we didn't start at the same area, but we all met up the very last mile of both of them met up because we finished at the same area. And so it's, it's crazy because you could tell the difference between the half marathoners and the full marathoners. <laughs> the <laughs> They're way more past halfway dead. Well, so the half marathoners, you know, we're at the 12 mile mark for our last mile. And then the full marathon people are at the 25 uh, mile mark uh, of their marathon when, you know, we're starting to meet up with each other. All of us half marathoners, we're walking. We're walking that last little mile trying to get it, get through it. All those full marathoners at 25 miles, they still jogging just still going just still jogging and uh so i was like it was crazy it was like you could definitely tell the difference because all of us are like 12 miles in like we dying trying to just make it this last little bit but uh those full marathoners yep still still running still going so i was like wow wow and it it was funny too because the other thing that um i've learned from this uh if you're ever uh backed up and you need to clear out your bowels yeah just go do a half marathon that seems to uh end all bowel issues um i got to the 11 mile mark and i'm not a porta potty person or whatever but i got uh you know i had to pee you know a couple times throughout the event because you know you're drinking a lot of water as you're going every every other mile there's uh these little water areas whereas you're going the people are standing there with the cups and so as you go by them you grab the cup drink the water toss it um once i hit about the uh 11 mile mark uh I had to hit that porta potty and I had to clear <laughs> out my bowels. Boy, I've dropped about 50 pounds in that porta potty. And since then, it was like three days in a row just flushing out. Like Ooh. my bowels were just emptying. It was like, wow. So if you're ever constipated, um, hey, just go do a half marathon. You'll you'll be you'll be scraped. You'll be scraped. I heard, I heard anal helps the very same way. I, I I can't say I've tried that. So, <laughs> yo, but speaking of, of coming damn near to it, uh, I mean, I'm just talking about imagining what your booty hole would feel like after such a poundage. Um, but you going to such an excruciating week beforehand, and then you had an event yesterday. That oh, I can only imagine you just screaming like a little girl, uh, "Wee wee wee!" All the way home. <laughs> So tell me. I, I am so glad that I didn't lose my voice and actually once that. Uh, no, no, because seriously, I imagine you screaming, I mean, you jumping, and I'm not too sure exactly what all the parties that were involved in into this particular show. Um, I'm imagining more newcomers or, or what have you, but still the excitement of being around that kind of, uh, you know what I'm saying, ambiance. What did you do this past weekend? You dig? So this uh, this January, this, uh, this weekend that we're uh, currently a part of is a uh, motherfucking WWE weekend, if you will, out here in Phoenix. As the WWE, I can show the New Times article right here. Um, is that this weekend, No, no, that's uh, Daniel Bryan. Okay. Uh, WWE this weekend uh, is the Royal Rumble. 
and uh what wwe does when they have these big uh because there's like four big you know there's a pay-per-view every single month with wwe but there's four main pay-per-views where they're like big events and so what wwe does which is brilliant is when they have one of these big events uh basically they come to whatever city they're in and they're there for five days so uh wwe was here on friday for uh, which started access which is like a behind the scenes you can get to meet the wrestlers get autographs on and so forth that started on friday uh saturday was nxt uh takeover phoenix sunday NXT, that's a newer newcomers right up and coming it's basically wwe's kind of like development brand so these okay. are the guys who because the nxt is just on the network they don't have a cable channel just yet and so these are the guys that they come from the indies or they come up through wwe's uh performance center uh they perform in nxt and then basically the goal is to move from nxt up to the main roster so uh wwe had the nxt takeover on saturday uh sunday is the royal rumble which is the big you know event or start of the road to wrestlemania back in my day that's all we fucking had was a goddamn royal rumble i'm just saying yeah (laughs) yeah, it's, it's about it's about 20 something events um, a year now and then uh monday is monday night raw and then tuesday is smackdown so they're out here for five days straight and so uh me and skips we were trying to figure out like we were like we wanted to hit up one of the events we were trying to figure out what the best one was um the royal rumble is dope we're gonna actually watch that tonight um but uh the royal rumble is in chase field it's gonna be like 40 some thousand people Uh and as you know uh a wrestling ring is only like 20 by 20 and so i was like i don't know if i want to get third level seats in the baseball arena to be trying to look get on the floor and even then there's gonna be a crowd of motherfuckers but see and that's the issue too because with wrestling events if you're in the first few rows of the floor level that's good you don't really want to be too far back on the floor level because you're not going to be able to see, especially with right. people standing up. So you normally yeah. want to be on like level one or level two to be able to, so you can see everything. Um, so we passed oh, on we the call that in, in the in the in the in the industry the mezzanine. Well, that's, that's what they call it. Uh, the mezzanine. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, we just got to skip on that, and then uh, Raw and SmackDown is on school night, so we're like, we're not going to do that. And then Access, we're looking at Access, but it's only certain wrestlers that are there for certain four-hour blocks. And so to get our money's worth, we're like, we'll go to NXT Takeover, and also because hey, isn't this- the ladies is that, or is it, or is it males in that shit too? On what the uh, NXT? It's, it's oh. all levels, right? No, yes, I don't yeah. Because I don't know. I, I I don't know if there's a thing called the NXT Divas or something like that. So I'm I'm just imagining that that's primarily what it is. That ain't the case. Oh no, there's no divas division or anything like that. No, yeah, there's uh women in on all the shows, if you will. So. Okay. And uh, this is the flyer for NXT TakeOver uh, Phoenix. And so the whole thing was like, I've been to a Raw before. I've been to SmackDown before. I was at WrestleMania 26 it was out, when it was out here. I had never been to an NXT. And NXT is 90% of their shows are based out of Full Sail, uh, the Full Sail College out in Florida. And so they don't travel a whole lot. So it was like, you know what? I was like, I can't pass on our opportunity to see NXT TakeOver. Wait, Full Sail? Yo, I remember seeing them Johns in the in this like video game shits about engineering and audio engineering and yeah. 
That's what it is. It's uh, because when I went to the conservatory, Full Sail was our competitor, if you will. So Full Sail, they do audio engineering, they do video production, a whole bunch of stuff, and they have a small arena on Full Sail campus, if you will, and that's where NXT uh, records their show every week. It's on Full Sail campus. Yeah, Yo, this main motherfucker in the middle looks like a Goldberg looking motherfucker. Like that's crazy. Like they... no, this dude right here is yeah. actually funny because he's not even like six feet tall. He's he's cut he's cut up, but this isn't a big guy. So uh, so yeah, so this was the the main guys or whatever. Uh, you got uh, the main event was Tomasa Champa defending his NXT title against uh, Alistair Black. You had uh, Ricochet defending the North. American title against Johnny Gargano. You had Shayna Baszler, who used to be in the UFC, uh, defending her. She uh, she a real ass fighter. Oh yeah, she yeah, uh, defending her women's title against Bianca Belair. Um, you had Cassius Ono versus Matt Riddle, who also used to be in the UFC. And then uh, you also had the tag team champions of uh, Roderick Strong and, um, or excuse me, of uh, Roger Strong and Cal O'Reilly versus the War Raiders. And so uh, yeah, so we went down to the event. It was down at uh, the America, or it's not America West Arena now. It's Talking Store. Talking Stick Resort Arena, yeah. Uh, Yo, really quickly, can we talk about some of the shenanigans that have been popping off down there? And if you were able to see there being any kind of animosity, considering that you know you're there for an event, they just got to get you in and in and out. Are you aware of how they're trying to get? I think they passed it already. They're going to get fucking local taxpayers to kick in on that shit. And do you have oh, any sort of opinion about, about that? Arena. Yeah, well, so I have heard about that because um, part of it is because the arena that the Suns play in is Which the is third. Yeah, yeah, is the third Otis Arena out of all the arenas in the NBA, and so what does that mean, the, the third Otis. Like everybody else arena, like there's 30 teams in the NBA. So 26 of those teams have newer arenas Our this arena is mad old. Like everybody else has done renovations. They have new arenas right. and we have one of the oldest arenas in the NBA. Yo, um, and that's crazy. Cause I remember like the, I, I mean, I believe, right. It was early mid nineties when they, when we even got that arena. Yeah. It was and, in the nineties. Yeah. And you know what I'm saying well before, oh, I don't know. I just figured, though, so the fact that cause I remember us getting the Cardinal Stadium, how big of a deal that was and how, like, new in technology and actually maybe maybe I'm thinking Chase Field that, that they keep renaming for our baseball team, that being well, a big they- deal and a break in technology and – well, no, yeah, the Cardinals arena. No, that's the newest one, the one out in Glendale. And um, yeah, that one's like breaking edge technology, if you will. And then uh, the baseball arena is fairly old, too, because that was like the early 2000s. But anyway, so the whole thing is that, well, technically not in arenas. 20 years is mad old. Yeah, it's mad old considering arenas. So the whole thing is that the Robert Sarver, the dude that runs the Suns, uh, he wants a brand new arena. He wanted the people to pay for it, but the people were like, we're not paying for a new arena because the Suns suck and you clearly have no desire. Yeah, you have no desire to make them a better team. So why are we going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to get a new arena when you won't spend any of your money to get better players on the team? So I don't know what the result was, but yeah, they figured out some other way where they are supposed to get a new arena. So good for the Suns, but still, they need to get the owner out of there. Yeah, and, and there's been so much fucking like animosity apparently towards the cat and his investments and what he's done, and apparently, and maybe just people's opinions saying that he wastes, you know, saying money because obviously, what, what no, he, what's the 
he's trash from someone who I'm follow the NBA religiously. He is one of the worst owners in the NBA. Okay, so then it wasn't just motherfuckers just reading the voice and out there paying it. Them, them was facts. So yeah. one one of the things to look at real quick with basketball. So you have some cities where are go to destinations like that's a good city to live in. Um, then you have the salary cap, and that's how much money you could spend to get new uh, new players. You could you know sign free agents, big names to come out here. So Phoenix is one of the top ten cities in America. It's a big deal to come out here to Phoenix. The Phoenix Sun for at least 10 years now have had a ton of salary cap money no nba player will sign to come over here to the suns because the owner is trash so nobody wants to come out here so we've had 30 40 million dollars worth of cap room every single season for like a long time now but no one in their right mind will sign to come to the suns because the owner is trash and you're not going to get anywhere you're going to be one of the worst teams in the nba he's not going to spend any money on anything to make anything better so why go out there so he's trash so do you think then by them wanting to do this and shit finally uh i guess evolving into the current generation where little motherfuckers are are hanging in and been striving do you think that's going to give us opportunity and room to where I, I don't know if people fight for the drafts the way they say they do in NFL? I'm, I'm assuming so, right? Well, yeah, the draft is yeah, it's still a big deal. So we had the number one pick last year. So, so when you do that and you have these picks, can they still tell you to fuck off? They're like, all right, we choose you, and they're like, yeah, and I'm sorry, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pass. Well, no, if you get drafted, there's nothing you can do. That's who you get uh, drafted. Yeah, well, there was the draft. It's like it's like in like an army. Kind of like army. We pick you. There was a famous draft. Uh, it was in like late eighties, early nineties. Uh, there's this dude Sabonis that got drafted by the Portland Trailblazers. He was a European basketball player. Um, he didn't want to come to America to play, so he went back to Europe and he played in Europe for ten years. Then, after playing in Europe for ten years, he decided to come back to the U.S. And it was like, no, you got drafted by the Trailblazers, so that's the team that you play for. And that was ten years ago, but that's who drafted you, so that's the team that you go play for. <laughs> <laughs> like damn i thought oh, yeah with some time they would have forgot about it <laughs> yeah so but uh but no yeah so we'll see what happens but it's still yeah the owner's trash so okay well i guess we'll, we'll see how that should go so and i imagine I it would have been a packed house because honestly yes well good way this one was at the t- talking stick right yeah now now me just unfortunately being in my biggest status now and for most of my life i used to hate going to sons games because how tiny them seats is now you my my brother verse you look you know what i'm saying you you, you always had you know what I'm saying you always been on the up and up and you've been on a running man now or a sleepwalking <laughs> man now you say i imagine it's not too big of a bitch um but how, how do you feel about them seats was there any complaints by skips no, I mean, no, yeah, it was just regular arena. They, they some hard ass yeah. seats, like, like, it ain't no joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, it's it's funny. I think I talked about this before in previous episodes, but I was listening uh, to our local ninety two uh, K. Was it yeah ninety two? Not KUPD ninety two. Um, damn it, WFM. It's our talk station ninety two KTAR. Mm. Um, Shout out to them, and if, if ever the people at Bonneville, you know, need a guest host, then you know, by all means, here I am. I won't be so obscene, I promise you. I clean up well. Anyways, um, they had Mac and Gatos at the, the afternoon slots, which you know, what I'm saying, I have my love and hate for them. Sometimes they're on a certain uh, side of the fence, but that's what they do, and that they're they're what kind of makes the station pop in here big, which is funny. Like if ever you see something like, oh, that's the commercial says, well, yeah, yeah. Anyways, they were they had they had they were 
talk shit about Charles Barkley, and Charles Barkley was just talking mad shit about Arizona. And you know, how, how long was he here for when he played for the Suns in that very arena that you was in? I was like at least five, four to five years at least that he was out here. Okay. And then for that, at that time, did he get popping here? Because we've had people get popping from here. Steve Nash. Um, I don't know if that. Yeah, that was uh, the last time the Phoenix Suns went to the NBA Finals was when Charles Barkley was out here, and that was in 93. So, sure. yeah, it was a big deal when Barkley was out here. We didn't yeah. have it when uh, Stoudemire was down here. We didn't make it down there? Nope. Made it to the conference finals like two or three years in a row. Never made it Ooh. to the NBA Finals. Was Steve Nash who never made it down there? Nope. Quit hating on Arizona verse. <laughs> well, no, I'm telling you, yeah. I mean, we were supposed to win while Nash was here, but there was the whole, um, and that's a whole story for another really? day. But that was the whole thing with that ref that ended up getting 15 years in jail because oh, he was showing games. Uh, a couple of the series that he threw was when the Suns were in our heyday trying to get to the finals. So no, yeah. I was about to talk shit about Canadians. I'm like, damn, Nash. All right. <laughs> no, but no, yeah, Nash is wonderful. He's one of the greatest point guards ever, so. I know, man. So then, so you're screaming your ass off? I'm sorry, we, we keep getting traversed from the from the NXT thing. So, no, yeah, so uh, we went down to the arena. Uh, before we went in, you know, WWE has all their semis with all the pictures of their talent on the side, and uh, Skips and the boys saw the picture of Asuka, the Japanese emperor, so, empress. So the whole family went then? Yeah, yeah, it was all four of us, oh, yeah. Shit, okay. And, um, and so uh, they wanted to take a picture in front of Oscar. So uh, we went and took the picture in front of Oscar. Then uh, this is in the arena. So we were on level 205 or excuse me. Yeah. Level two or section 205 or whatever. And so it was a pretty good view. Cause we could, we're looking straight oh, down yeah. at the ring and then you can see all the whole, the entrance ramp or whatever. And so uh, I just took pictures and videos during the show. So this is, you know, when it first started Phoenix, t- uh, take over Phoenix or whatever has a little shebang bang. And actually just to show off, stand up real quick. Let me, yeah. I mean, you know, I had to cop my takeover shirt. Yeah. Nah, I mean, gotta get the shirt for the people watching live. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, so, uh, and then, yeah, and so the event, uh, was pretty dope or whatever. Let me switch this back over here. Uh, just a quick little, some videos in the background. Um, so yeah, so they did the opening out here in, uh, Phoenix, uh, your boy, or actually, uh, this dude, Mar, uh, Mar- Mauro Ranella, he's, uh, one of the commentators and this dude is actually pretty dope. Cause he's a commentator for NXT. He does uh, showtime boxing and all that. And he also, uh, suffers from bipolar, uh, disorder very badly he struggles with mental health or whatever Damn, but he's one wait, of the he, he calls it up publicly oh yeah he's very open and honest about the struggles that he has with with his mental health and so he's one of the greatest commentators that we've ever had in wrestling and also uh he's honest about his mental health so like we as wrestling fans we absolutely love this guy um this uh the opening match so like they do they do NXT, which is on Wednesday. So they recorded two matches for the NXT show that's going to come on Wednesday. And then after that was over, they went to the actual takeover. And uh, so the opening match had uh, Carrie Sane and Io Shirai, who fought uh, Jasmine Duke and Maria Sh- uh, Shafir, two girls that came from the UFC or whatever. And uh, this Ooh, is the closing moment. <laughs> this is the closing moments of the match when uh, Kyrie Sane hits her uh, beautiful elbow drop off the top rope to uh, seal the deal, Ooh. win the victory, or whatever. Uh, yeah, she's super tiny. Uh, Street Profits uh, were in a match against the Forgotten Ooh. Sons. Uh, were, you, were you afflicted? What? 
We've seen the Street Perfects. Oh no, no, I'll ride to him. I'll ride to him. Yeah, they. No, they... No. <laughs> I'm jabbing at you, brother. I'm jabbing at you. You know what I'm no, talking no. about. You talking about God's prophet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, you good. <laughs> no, I rock to him. I like these brothers. I, I, I want to see good things with these guys. So, and then, uh, and then, yeah, then Takeover started live, and it was actually pretty dope because uh, you get to see the this is the intro that WWE all of their events play, so you get to see it in the arena. And then um, it was pretty dope because as the show started, um, they and we're gonna watch it on TV to be able to actually see it on TV. Okay. But they did the video package of Takeover, and they did all this footage of you see phoenix so yeah you see the mountain drops in the background or wherever you see uh the cactuses and all that and so it was a it was a super dope intro but um but yeah overall man it was just it was a dope event um and like i said anybody who follows me on instagram at uh arizona verse uh you'll you can see all the entrances uh some of the match footage or whatever this is the war raiders they had a dope entrance they had vikings came out with their spears and with their uh shields and all that and yeah it was dope we had a blast let me ask you something blast. how badly were you screaming and then because you were screaming how badly did the kids get because kids can naturally scream their balls off so <laughs> how loud was it was it popping yeah the whole arena was popping that was the thing too i told skips so i was like out of all the wrestling events i went to i was like i think this was my favorite because the nxt crowd is different than other wrestling crowds like they're we're super into the product and so like the crowd was silent maybe twice the whole entire night so we we're all yelling you know having a damn good time or whatever and uh yeah of course i was yelling the boys is y'all here's a picture of the boys yeah uh caught a quick little gil- Caught a quick little glimpse, you know. They mad excited watching the match. Uh, they so damn cute. <laughs> and then uh, the boy Matt Riddle, the original bro uh, from UFC, uh, his match was a little underwhelming. Uh, that match didn't go over well. Now this dude Ricochet, um, and I wish I wish I could have got this better. His entrance is dope because he has like these lasers and stuff all over him, or whatever. Uh, when he comes out, but uh, his match, match of the night, instant classic. Uh, these guys were all over the Ooh. damn place, uh, beating the hell out of each other. This match, especially, I want to make sure that I watch this uh, on the network uh, because yeah, this was match of the night by far. Uh, these two guys, they wrestled their ass off. Let me, let me ask you this. How often is the illusion dropped? Because you mentioned them kind of filming two episodes or a, a regular show and then the, the pay-per-view event all at once. Yeah. Is that right? So, like, yeah. how, how often did, did, the, did the fourth wall come down in between or we're moving on to this? Or did they try to keep – was there, like, a host factor on the whole time? It's no, taking... yeah, so there's there's no like fourth wall removal. So like you know we know that they were starting off with NXT because uh, the woman announced, hey, we're uh, we're going to record the uh, two episodes or the two matches for NXT take or for NXT this weekend or whatever. And then after the two matches were over, they did the. Um, uh, going live in three minutes and had the countdown until, you know, we're about to go live on the network. Um, but that's one of the things that you'll uh, see as you, if you go to a WWE event, it's such a well-oiled machine that everything moves seamlessly. And so there's no gaps. There's no pauses. There's no, Hey guys, wait, stop. We got to go do that. No, it's, they have been doing this for it's, it's decades. Theater, bro. It's, it's theater. You know what I'm saying? The yeah, show fucking and- was going 
and they do it the best out of all the damn places. Oh yeah, and then uh, this ma- this part of the match got exciting as a. Uh, uh, Gargano, who's a heel in this scenario, whatever, pulled up the mat uh, to uh, expose the concrete. Hurt. Yeah, yeah, because that's concrete uh, down there or whatever. So uh, it was an element of the match that actually played on later on, too, uh, in the night. But uh, yeah, these boys, yeah, they wrestled their ass off, man. It, it was a damn good match. I mean, yeah, Ricochet. I could, I could just imagine not only the crowd, all right, so the, the, these people being somewhat up and comers or at least someone who got something to prove, you're going to definitely give it your all like every night is playoff night, even though you imagine everyone who's in a profession does. Uh, and then you got people, again, that are so deep in the cut of the wrestling thing that they would consider this, right? Um, the you know, this level or these people, whether it's because, Hey, we're fucking, we're going to be here all week. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be here when you guys are here. Right. And let's say the, the most dedicated fan with unlimited income, you know, that people motherfuckers might be there all damn week. So then, so then you take another scrape of the people who are WD fans that maybe can't, that don't want to spend $200 per ticket. And then to have six motherfuckers rolling in deep, like, you know what I'm saying? Cause it costs a little some, like I could just imagine just more and more, how much love was in that place, how excited yeah. everybody was, and then how that even uh, echoes and pumps them up. You know what I'm saying? You want to give a good yeah. show, and when you feel like you got the crowd going, like, I, I can't yeah. think of any better fluff or cockstroke as it will than that. And the other thing that's kind of hard to explain unless you actually follow the product is NXT also. The other reason why I wanted to go to NXT is their wrestling product is the best even though they're quote-unquote the development people the wrestling product in nxt is way better than what they're doing on the main shows because once you get up to the main rosters of you know raw and smackdown vince mcmahon has the guys dial it down a little bit he wants them to go at a slower pace and have it a little more simple so it doesn't go over people's head if you will and so nxt constantly anytime there's a nxt pay-per-view the day before a wwe pay-per-view um and it's always they have the best show because the the guys are wrestling their asses off and there's no stoppage. It's just it's nonstop action. Yeah, so, and I uh, they're probably at the youngest and they're hungriest, right? No, and actually some of the guys are like late thirties, so it's not even Ooh. like an age thing. It's just a matter of like when they get to the WWE. So some of the guys are young, some of the guys are older, some of the guys have not been doing this for a long time. Some of these guys have been doing this for 10, 12, 15 years before they get to WWE. And uh yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. But uh yeah, we had a good time, man. We had a good time. So and I can imagine too, like you're talking about the intro that they had on the show, and there was. I wonder if they. I mean, they must do that every state that they go. And I'm just wondering. Excuse me. I'm wondering, like, by, by the time that like, they get to Florida, like, I wonder if they're gonna, if they just had like videos of of like black faced bandits, you know what I'm saying, and like committing some kind of like asinine uh, crime. Like, I think I remember hearing something about some dude literally jumped into like a zoo to fuck an alligator or a crocodile or whatever. I imagine they have them all on deck, but did you ever hear about that? Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. I, yeah, I don't think I heard that, but yeah, that sounds like something that'll happen in Florida. But how do you fuck though an alligator and crocodile? Like you figure the, the booty hauls to be covered by their tail. I don't know. Don't they all have tails? Yes. Like, I've never, like, I've, I've never broke down the schematics of fucking an alligator. So I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, they do have tails. I, I, I think everyone should to think about this. Not that I want everyone to consider fucking alligator, but just think about the complications and they're in because, you know what I'm saying? I, I've, I've been through where having a, you know, fuck while pulling the panties to the side and I was very uncomfortable. So I can't imagine 
how you fuck pulling a tail to the side. Like, I don't know. I don't know if we should, should get listeners to call in who maybe have girlfriends. <laughs> how would you or, do it? No, no, no. I'm just wondering. Like, and then there's actually women that have like that extra bone or whatever that kind of gives them a tail. I don't. I don't imagine a tail like that getting in the way. So don't get it confused. Yeah. But alligator tail. I can't call it. Feet. I don't know. <laughs> I'm confused. Yeah. And then, uh, and then this was the last match. Uh, Champa won the main event. Bad guy or whatever. And uh, it was actually hilarious because, uh, yeah, I was filming as the crowd was booing, and I just decided to pan over to the fan bam to see uh, if they were uh, as invested. And, uh, yeah, yeah, they also, yeah, they were booing the main event. Yeah. <laughs> Boo! Boo! So, yeah, we had a damn good time, man. So, shouts out to NXT. Uh, can't wait to uh, watch TakeOver again, actually see it from the uh, TV perspective, mm-hmm. because uh, that's the other thing. When you're in person, you can't hear the commentators. And as I was telling uh, Skips, the commentators do come into play to fully explain the story that the wrestlers are putting on in the ring or whatever. So it'd be good to hear with the commentary to I think that's whack. Why, why do you, why is that? You're right. And commentators are thinking in most events in general, like they don't, you don't hear them. That's for the TV audience. Like motherfucker, yeah. I'm paying money to see this and someone on TV probably watching this for free. Well, there'd be no way to broadcast the commentary through the speakers without a massive feedback loop. Oh, yeah. Okay, no. Yeah. You answered that right there. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, that's why yeah, it's yeah, only for the uh TV audience or whatever, but um but no, yeah. So uh yeah, we're going to check that out eventually. The boys when we got home, they was like, "Hey man, can we watch it on TV now?" I was like, "Hey, we got to go to sleep." So we'll do that another day. Uh so yeah, and then Royal Rumble today, but uh yeah, good weekend, man. WWE's definitely bringing in like a billion dollars or something uh out here to uh fucking us as we're out here. Uh but yeah, shouts out to WWE. Yeah, no, that's one of the things too where we really got to consider how we not only invest like what, what was it the last little olympics it was literally a nothing fucking desolate place and they invested millions man, i don't know if it was billions but millions of dollars to make this into its own fucking city so please believe we, we look at that on a constant basis and a lot of we have a lot of e-commerce and you know what i'm saying other stuff you know that ha- pops off here you know what i'm saying shout out to pornography and uh other business structures or business ventures but yeah stuff like this man you got to be able to keep it good not only for the people around uh but it, it just generates so much kind of business so it, it makes sense why we got a 69 and uh, set board meetings in order to get shit done get shit done yeah i know you uh mentioned uh florida man and uh florida man yeah of course is still on the loose so you just reminded me did you see uh motherfucking uh this florida man that told uh, his neighbors he was going to kill him with kindness and then <laughs> tried to kill him with a machete that he nicknamed kindness yo yes that was the <laughs> most ironic thing that i remember reading uh because it just it made perfect sense and he warned you at first I, I was upset because when you're telling the story it wasn't going the way that i was expecting it to and i was thinking to myself like well that ain't right that was a bow face lie no he wasn't he has a knife it's named kindness and uh and he he told the people who's gonna kill him he, he told so how can we- how can we be mad at Florida man? That was the most honest Florida man uh, has ever been. So how can we be mad at Florida man? I, I just don't get it. I don't know why I would imagine Florida man being high on methamphetamines. And normally anytime I interact with people on methamphetamines, they're lying to my face. And what upsets me is that I can see like as if like, I had some kind of uh, synesthesia and they're bullshit for whatever reason fucking throughout uh, just 
just a shit, nice little shit aura. Emojis. Just shit emojis. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it, the effect. it just, it, it upsets me. So I can't imagine any interaction with Florida, man. Um, being too keen and then you know but he was he, he was honest like i don't know how to be honest that. has someone ever told you some fucking racist shit still kept a smile on their face and without breaking character and then just proceeded on with whatever interaction you guys are having and thought that oh, it yeah. wouldn't matter at all oh yeah i'm born and raised in arizona so yeah i, I see that weekly <laughs> people don't give a fuck out here i don't know it's the sun because of how we're cooked but we have no excuse right now because it's so damn cold but then again that causes confusion so what am Yo, i doing not have a fucking burst of bs and fucking trump i'm not even we'll we'll dive into trump uh, a little later but uh i just i'm blown away every time during this winter when he talks about, oh my God, it's so cold out here. I wish we had some of that global warming they keep talking about. Are you fucking uh, serious? He's tweeted this out I several times over the past couple. Unless it's a headline. Holy fuck, that's no, ridiculous. He has tweeted this out multiple times during the winter. Oh man, I wish I can get some of that global warming they keep talking about. Oh my, I hate, I, Yo, I, I hate people who can't science. No, no, but you know what makes that so dangerous though? Because he's a man of the people, even though he's this rich New Yorker, you know what I'm saying? That with, with money passed down from his daddy living off that blue blood shit, what trips me out is he speaks for dumb folk everywhere. And just like you said, for people who can't science, what's so terrible about this is that he's going to say something. And because you can't science, you're going to believe his science because you don't know science. But it sounds like science because you don't know science. <laughs> Exactly. And, and to think that people are going to be like, yeah, fucking global warming, we could use that about now, right? You know what I'm saying? Because I'm not going to fucking pay for my goddamn electric bill, let alone get the little standalone little heaters that's going to short break shit. And no, no, no. Exactly. We're surviving here off sticks and a fucking barrel. I'm kidding. Yo, and shouts out. We'll play this clip real quick. Shouts out to Neil deGrasse Tyson. I don't know where this uh, interview was from, but I shared it on my uh, uh, on Instagram at Arizona Verse. Um, he talked about how. He talked about science and the need for people to be scientifically literate. And he was like, we keep talking about how we need to make the kids scientific, uh, scientifically literate. And he was like, that's all good and all that. But you're talking about trying to fit something that's going to happen 40 years from now. He's like, no, we need the adult, adults of today to understand science to make the world better. And uh, let me share this little clip real quick. The real problem in society is not whether we're teaching our kids enough science. Because... Let's say we started that tomorrow. Does that mean everything's okay? If we teach the 13-year-old better STEM education, they have a better STEM teacher, am I going to wait 40 years for that kid to become president and, or member of Congress so that we now have a scientifically literate country? No, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not that patient. For me, the real challenge, the real problem are scientifically illiterate adults. Adults are in charge. There are five times as many adults as there are kids in this country. Adults wield resources. Adults vote. Don't tell me, oh, let's fix the kids and everything will be fine. Fix the adults. Then the kids will be fine. Oh, kick that high fire. I will say, though, there was one, and, and maybe, all right, maybe he's not wrong because supposedly, even though we do have these kids, I'm not too sure what these age ranges are. And that does matter because, I mean, I guess technically it doesn't because we're going to reach whatever sort of plateau. But for all the people that are in the world, normally there's a balance of how many pregnancies there are. Um, 
in the general population. So again, I don't know when this when this was recorded, but technically speaking, as of now, we're not having enough kids to replace ourselves. But again, I don't know how often we need to fucking replace ourselves. Did you ever hear about so, that? So I heard that, but I heard that with white people. I heard that oh. um, that it was more of a white people <laughs> aren't being able to fully reproduce their numbers because uh, from what from what I read is that because uh, yeah because we have overpopulation the population is doubling every like or not doubling but it's increasing greatly every like ten to twenty years or something like that but it's that white people aren't reproducing fast enough to make up for how many of them are passing away from natural causes, accidents, so on and so forth. And that's why they have that whole thing about by 2050, uh, white people will no longer be the majority in America because over the course of the next 30 years or so, um, they're not going to be able to reproduce their numbers. Oh, shit. Okay. You know, and actually, cause I remember hearing, you're right. I remember hearing something about that, especially because apparently opioid addiction is biggest with white folks. And and thing just like med self over medic over medication in general like ODing like I used to it's it's so crazy because I just maybe it was, this might be karmatic in a way and it sounds fucked up but rock you know how they say you know that you know the drug epidemics you know were caused by whatever presidencies or all the powers that be to try to say stumble and put blockage to the the black folk it's so funny that so many maybe twenty I don't know exactly what the karma ratio was for it to flip on its side and then yeah. attack ain't that weird and. That's it's a little more coinc- that's that's coincidence, right? At the very least. No, it's just hilarious. Me being a African American, uh, of course, me as you know, us African Americans are certain things that we see completely differently because we've experienced America completely different than other people. And so I laugh at this whole opioid uh, thing, and oh my god, this is an epidemic and national emergency, and we need to fix this. It's like, hmm, that's weird that you guys are mental health. Let's fix these. Let's help these people. And it was like the crack epidemic happened in the eighties, which was the same thing, but it happened with black people and it was like oh man let's throw all these savages in cages let's arrest all these people and mess up their criminal records over the rest of their lives but then the same thing happened to white people it's like oh my god how can we help these angels (laughs) these angels need help who did this to them it's actually funny that you brought that up uh how could you uh this article um uh, ex pharma ceo pled guilty to kickbacks to doctors for opioid prescriptions um apparently this dude was the former chief executive of inis or I- isis therapeutics ISS, and, right or insys oh, therapeutics man. Yeah. And um, but apparently, yeah, he had some whole thing where uh, they were doing uh, kickbacks. They were giving money back to doctors like every time. Hey, if you put somebody give somebody an opioid prescription, uh, we'll give you kickbacks some money over to you. And uh, so, of course, basically, they're essentially bribing doctors to get people on opioids, which is now killing all the white people. So, of course, people are getting in trouble for this because, they, again, go back to the 80s and the whole thing with crack, and it came out with Oliver North and Ronald Reagan, and they were flooding the ghettos with the crack, and they didn't get in trouble for anything. But stop these guys hurting these white people. Don't you dare hurt those white people. No, well, and see, that's been going on for years to where it's it's like a known thing, you know, when, when uh, whenever they're about to push some kind of product uh, that that they, oh, my gun causing a fire that oh. they, yeah, God bless it, actually, um, <laughs> that 
you know, they, they, they give these samples, these things. So again, again, people can have a little taste test, see that it works. Again, not really know the ramifications because the fuck reads the linear notes, the you know, cause and effects, and you know what I'm saying, all the little disclaimers, terms and agreements. Um, and it really does hook them. And then the fact that not only are you, not only do these people come for this shit one way or another, but then on top of that, you're giving them some free. You're getting, you're getting, because again, there's so many manufacturers. It's such a big business. Like fucking Jeff Bezos and a couple other mother fucking CEOs are coming together to cause a, to create a healthcare system. So like, there's money into it. Like that's the ultimate thing. Once you can start charging, we're already charging for water. Once you start charging fucking air, you know what I'm saying? We're going to, we're going to really know how fucking deep, uh, the fist of capitalism is in our asshole. Um, I was coming. Yeah. Yo, fucking anyways. But and what the hell was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the uh opioids. Reasons. <laughs> Reasons, money. No, and I just saw uh I was just reading on this uh Nets paragraph. So the guy played guilty because apparently his company was paying uh physicians to prescribe this company's oral spray painkillers, which were for cancer patients facing extreme pain. And this is what America is built off of. Hey, you guys are in pain. Oh my god, you guys need something. Let me figure out how to make billions of dollars off of your pain. And we live in a capitalistic world. Now, is there a better – because, you know, people get into, oh, yeah, you talk bad about capitalism. What is a better system? I don't know a better system because I'm not a political science major or whatever. I just know that the system that we currently have is fucked. That's all Mm -hmm. I'm saying. Do do I have an answer of how to fix it? No, I don't. I'm just commentating on what I see. Capitalism breeds stuff like this to happen. Yeah, and, and another way that it does plateau into, and I'm now remember because there's so many other people that can get in the cut of this sort of business. Now, all of a sudden, just like if you notice, like on Instagram or other little public publications, there's a, you could pay to get a boost, right? So people can get get uh, give you exposure. You're paying for marketing, is all that it is. So that's what these doctors are doing. Now, if you think about it, because they know how much money is in this business you can't say that someone the money man the texan man the oil man whatever it is come and take you out for a dinner right showing you a good little time back in the day because when it was a man's man's business and we didn't have to worry about me too sort of shit pretty sure they go to the titty bars and you know what i'm saying or maybe the little tie places with the lady boys whatever you know what I'm saying their preferences and, and the business strategy that they had to use but they do that and again, it's so easy. Like, oh, well, I'm not really doing nothing. I'm really just kind of passing on information like you would a fucking pamphlet or a flyer. And, dude, and they're in our pocket, in our hearts, literally in our bodies, coming through us, coming out of our shit, making us need other medications. And it, yep. it's such a monopoly of things. The fact that they're able to crack down on this one guy, understand that's just not going to stop everywhere else. But they happen to not like him enough, so they're going to fucking kick him out of the loop because he was a fucking, I don't know, maybe he was an asshole. And they figure, you know what, we need to fit in our cousin Ted Cruz over here, so we're going to let yeah. this one go because there's too many motherfuckers out here eating. Yeah. And we'll see what happens. But yeah, Big Pharma is a mess. And uh, yeah, so I'm glad that they got one guy. I hope that this is a pattern um, because, again, it's uh, any type of addiction is your if someone's addicted to someone, someone has some type of problem like that. They're not a criminal. They need help. There's a void that they're trying to fill and they're using these other uh, vices to fill them. And so instead of throwing these people in jail and treating them like criminals and animals and giving them, you know, records and all that, you need to help them. And um, 
far too long that's how we've treated everybody with addiction is you just you know you shame them and you throw them in jail and so on and so forth and so luckily this is now happening to white people at a drastic rate so maybe now we can try to fit some things in the world but we shall see and, you know, and it's funny that still, regardless, it, it, it takes having to flip the coin onto the other side in order to get shit done. And as fucked up as it sounds, like it's kind of like the whole belief system behind, you know, when, when some fuck shit comes from the universe or, ha- or you know, when we blame God and we're like, you know, how could it happen? Like, it just, it, it takes, you know what I'm saying? It takes so much to, to get it, you know what I'm saying? To the, to the masses or up to the wider audience or, I don't know, to the powers that be. The powers ain't, that be. Ain't that something, no? It's a damn mess. It's a damn mess. I'll tell you okay. that. All right. So, something else that uh, is uh, interesting. Uh, did you know that uh, great tits are apparently uh, eating bird brains? Say that again. Uh, great tits are uh, eating uh, bird brains. When we see great tits, are you referring like, to a certain cup size of some sort? Talking about great tits, man. You know how great tits eat bird brains? I mean, I've gotten blames by tits before, if that makes any sense. Took a little bit of a little bit of spitting and a whole lot of can-do spirit. Oh no! Apparently, birds. apparently, uh, some great tits are eating bird brains, and climate change is to blame. Um, apparently, there's these flycatcher or flycatchers make annual road trip from sub-Saharan Africa to northern Europe to chow on caterpillars, bird nests, and mate. Uh, they typically return to Africa a few months later with their new vacation babies. But over the past decade, these flycatchers are arriving for mating season to find their nesting sites already occupied by great tits. Uh, now, apparently, uh, this is uh as uh, great tits are local and apparently um, what it's causing is a turf war where there's now this uh, massive amounts of bird on bird violence uh, because uh, migration is shifting and a whole bunch of things. And um, apparently, yeah, this is due to global warming and um, these uh, great tits are getting in the way of uh, mating season and it's causing uh, birds to go crazy and kill each other. So damn those great tits. Yeah, but you know what? I I've seen I've seen great tits do a whole lot to a you saying to an even greater man. So if I do <laughs> doing this shit, you know, it's no surprise. It's no yeah. surprise, exactly. It comes yes. no surprise. Yes. So uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the hell because apparently, uh, yeah, it says great tits are superior competitors when it comes down to a brawl. I'm assuming it's a type of bird. I'm trying to see because it doesn't go into detail because I know New York Post did this shit on purpose. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it doesn't go into great detail about what great tits are. But, uh, yeah, great tits are eating bird brains. And um, it's a damn shame, man. So let me, ask, uh, let me ask you, while on the subject, what are great tits to you, Arizona verse? I'm not a big tit guy. I'm an yeah. ass guy. Yeah, I'm an ass guy. No, that's not just a primarial black thing, right? It's just it's always about the booty. They, I know, because uh, I got a cousin who he's the opposite. Yeah. But still, though, what are great tits? You're an ass guy, but what are great tits? See, and that's why, yeah, like, I don't I don't know. Right. Because well, I've been around big, I've been around small, and just, like, their tits are tits. No, but no, there's, man, there's sometimes, some, like, the, the big mama jammas, you know what I'm saying, that they got some meat to it, to where it almost feels like it's its, its own entity. Like it deserves its own shelf, <laughs> if that makes any sense. All right, so there's a saying from uh, where some of the whores come from. My my father's side of the family, uh, there goes la la, la mujeres de, de culichi tienen nalgas grandes, pero 
uh, Chiquitas Chichis. Uh, translation is the women from these towns that have fat old asses but tiny titties. So mind you, uh, it's a whole lot more eloquent and, and rhymy, you know what I'm saying, in Espanol. Um, but in that same regard, you know what I'm saying, big booty, small tits. So again, you can, uh, me, I'm, I'm an ass man. Um, or I guess, believe it or not, I'm a brain man. No, I'm a soul man. No lie, soul man. But uh, I can tell you by know. your dedications. No, I'll pick it on you. Okay. And uh I, I get shit for it, man. Hey, just that I like what it likes. I don't that don't really affect nothing else. It just yeah. you know what I'm saying? If you're gonna if you're gonna play something on a three, two, one level, you know what I'm saying? It's just it just so happens one seems to catch this sort of rhythm all the time. No, no. What I was trying to say, so back to great tits. You figure a C is perfect because it's right down the middle. It's shitty for grades and a- academical purposes, but you figure on the scale of, uh, you know what I'm saying, raisinets to, I don't know, uh, bags of, what would you call it? Soy milk. In that, mm. in that regard, you figure C just a perfect size, right? So to me, B, C, perfect titties. I'm just saying that out there, speaking for Arizona Soul Podcast, since we had no other sort of objection. You would figure, right, on a scale? No? Okay. I'm just, I'm just saying. No, no, I'm just saying. I've been around from A to double D's, and I just, I, I, I'm just, I'm an ass guy. I've been slapped in the face with the F, J, or K before. I kid you not. And there's something fun about that, but that's not, that's not an everyday activity. I don't think. I've had a big one dropped on my head one time. It was like a pow, and I was, oh, I got a headache now. I was like, yeah, (laughs) I was amazed. I was like, wow, there's a lot of poundage to that. That, Like, wow, really hurt. That that kind of hurt. So now, uh, before we get out of here, uh, yo, did you see the conspiracy of the century that came out um, about the Trump family might be uh, time travelers? How the fuck is that possible? Actually, no, I am. You know what? I have no idea about the story whatsoever that we're about to go into, but I could tell you without a shadow of a doubt why that's believable. And it's because Trump knows exactly how to say the dumbest shit. And then get away with it. Like he knows this yeah. era is affected by this sort of stupidity. Say these things, Coochie will open up sesame. Basically. Now, uh, I had saw this. This first came up like a, I think like right after he got elected. Um, it kind of came up. It was floating around on conspiracy theory circles. And then it did make headway until like the past like week or two. Um yeah, so this whole thing came out, and people were wondering if uh, the Trump family are indeed time travelers. And so what it comes from is, uh, for the people watching, there's this book from, like, the 1800s, and it's called Baron Trump's Marvelous Underground Journey. Now, uh, shouts out to Daily Dot, who um, I hope they kind of broke this down a little well. Let me uh, scroll through here. Um here we go. Yeah, let me actually open up this because it was one person in particular, Cassandra Para, who kind of opened this thing wide open. Let me see if I can hop on her actual Twitter. Oh my God! This what, what, is- are they, what are the what are the main points about this? Were they saying that uh, they, that caught your attention besides the fucking crazy ass headline? Well, like, no, yeah. So that's what. What's your what's your personal what's your personal idea that that could that comes to mind just off, off top of how that'd be possible? Well, so essentially, so it's it's layered. So that's the reason why, yeah, okay. this is kind of like to understand, like, there's some layers to it. So um, she posted this picture. 
and my damn computer is freezing. So she posted this picture. And so from the back in the 1840s, there's a story about Baron Trump's marvelous underground journey. Now, as the people know, oh, and that's what happened. So this crashed. Okay, that's why I was trying to figure out what was going on. So uh, as it goes, back in the 1800s, they wrote this book and it's about this kid named Baron Trump. And as everyone who follows politics know, uh, Baron Trump, that is Trump's son. And the story from the 1800s. What, that's with Medallia? The, the Russian bride, the mail order bride lady? Yeah, I believe that's Melania's son, yeah. or however you say the name. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so. Doesn't that word also mean, like, barren, mean, like, fucking bare ass and, like, no longer any shred of organic life? Well, barren. Like, woman would be barren. Is it? Is it that same spelling? It's not spelled the same, though. No. Oh, okay. not Yeah, it's not spelled the same. I don't know. So. <clears throat> Apparently, um, so this book um, was written, and in it, uh, Baron Trump, uh, this kid, takes a magical journey around Russia with an older father figure by the name of Don. Um, now, uh, they this kid goes through all this stuff in uh, Russia, and he's being guided by this guy named Don, Donald Trump. And so a lot of people point out the interesting similarities with that. And then, and also, of course, the fact that they just so happen to be in Russia. Now, the other thing that got crazy with this is the same guy, uh, Inger Sol Lockwood, who wrote that book, also a couple years later wrote a book called The Last President. And in the book, The Last President, um, he talks about uh, this guy who's a wealthy Fifth Avenue tycoon, uh, who's a political outsider, whose populace is the common man. And he becomes the president after everyone thought that he couldn't become the president. When he does become president, all of a sudden, all these uh, riots and all these protests start happening and all that. And then this guy starts signing all these executive orders and everything. And as he's signing all these executive orders, orders it causes a civil war within america holy shit if that isn't what we're going through at this very moment (laughs) yes so it, it it gets a little creepy and then the reason why then it even gets even a little creepier than that is that apparently wait when was that published before you jump over when when was that this was an this was in the 1800s uh so late 1800s so over 100 years ago both these books came out Ooh. Yeah. Talk about breathing things into existence. Good Lord. Yeah. And then the part that gets even creepier after this um, is, let me see if they have it on here. No, I don't see it here. So then it gets a little deeper than this too, that, uh, oh, actually it might be down here. So then uh, Nikolai Tesla is a very famous uh, uh, engineer. He did a whole bunch of crazy stuff. He actually created the electric car back in the 1800s, but, you know, gasoline companies were popping at the time. So they kind of got rid of the patent and all that. And um, he basically, he was, ahead of his time with some of the stuff that he was coming up with. Uh, Nikola Tesla, before he passed away, claimed that he figured out time travel and that he had been moving back and forth uh, time traveling. Now, when he passed away he had a whole bunch of inventions that of course only he he was the one that invented them so only he understood how this stuff works so 
the U.S. government uh, seized all of his property and they put it into uh, this company that does exist within or existed at one time within the U.S. government um, called the um, the alien. It was like the alien property uh, division or whatnot. And so they seized all his stuff. And then so uh, the FBI and them, they couldn't figure out how any of this stuff worked. So they brought in a top engineer at the time for them to come and try to um do some research and kind of try to figure out what's going on with all this stuff and all that. Um, the guy that they end up bringing in was actually Donald Trump's grandfather is who they brought in to investigate all the stuff that Nikola Tesla created. One of them being a supposed time machine, uh, Donald Trump's grandfather, uh, investigated all the stuff. It was like, Oh yeah, none of this works. Doesn't make sense. Blah, blah, blah. And then you have the enigma of everything else that happens. And so now people were wondering, are we in some weird alternate timeline where he did actually figure out that time machine and went back in time, had that book published a uh, hundred years before all this stuff happened and then paved the way for his family to become rich and for his grandson to eventually become the president of the United States in some type of end games thing. Have you ever watched the movie, um, idiocracy or, Oh, idi- idiocracy. 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 Yeah. Where fucking Terry Crews becomes president Camacho. Well, in that, you know what I'm saying? Ultimately, if you really do think about it, however long we get to survive on this planet, those that are left over, it's going to be like Wally. You ever seen Wally? No, I haven't seen Wally, but Wally, I know the theory of it. Yeah. A bunch of fat fucks were floating on some kind of, uh, I don't know, gravitating toilet that literally allows us to consume and shit right from there when no need to have to lift a goddamn finger. In that sort of realm of thinking, we've gone to the most stupidest of level to where, you know, it, it does become like a post-apocalyptic world where water is now a commodity and everything is just infused with other shit that supposedly gives us vitamins, supposedly gives us the strength to live, to think that, that, that we're, I would almost think if we're at the point where the shit's coming full circle, we're at our dumbest right now. And that's why the, the president is able to appeal to who he does, how he does and it's so funny that no matter how asinine everything that comes out of that man's mouth is and how ridiculous it sounds by the reactions of others to us or at least me in particular makes you think like he knows the answer there's no reason why after all the wrong that he's done and as you're going through the list and you're grading this shit you're thinking so fuck he's missed 10 out of 10 answers and yet he's still passing he knows the code yeah he may possibly know the code. And uh, that was the thing, because I do remember when uh, he was running and he started getting all of this uh, attention. Like a lot of people were like, wait, hold up, because that was the joke at in the beginning was that there's no way this man is going to win. And then it started to look like, oh, snap, this guy could possibly win. And once that happened, um, I remember there was a bunch of think pieces and they broke down um, just kind of how all the other candidates they were using college vocabulary and they were using all these big words and then they basically broke down all the words that trump was using and they were saying that he's using the vocabulary of a fifth grader and so that's the reason they why the, the, people, new, the common man's newspaper is running at a sixth grade level he wanted yeah. to make sure i'm under that just to make sure i get all of them just to make sure so he could have possibly they could have, you know, done the research law. Okay. During this time, uh, everyone's going to be speaking at a sixth grade level. So we'll dumb it down to a fifth grade le- a level. So people are like, Oh, I completely understand what he's saying fully. And then that's how he won the presidency. It's hey, it's quite possible. 
it is quite possible because anything is possible in this galaxy. Again, message. <laughs> you can do anything. You can be anything. Hell, you can be born a man and come out a female. You know what I'm saying? You can. Be, I think if, if Bruce Jenner wasn't able to prove that to us, you know what I'm saying? Then you ain't gonna believe Jesus when you see him. You know what I'm saying? You know, and it's actually funny too uh, with uh, you bringing up that. So recently, uh, I had a couple of family members that you know I've debated with them about different things or whatever. And uh, there is on Netflix. There's this. Um, documentary on kind of like underwater life about fishes and all that. And there's this one fish can't remember the name of the fish off the top of my head, but there's this one fish in particular and it's interesting because it's, it's a female fish. And once it reaches a certain age, if it has not given birth and had children by this certain age, it goes through this transformation and, and it turns into a male fish. Whoa. And I showed both, uh, you know, some family members saw it or whatever, and they were like, oh, snap. They were like, even though, of course, it's not a direct comparison or whatever, but they were like, whoa, that's kind of like transgenderism <laughs> right there. Mm -hmm. And it was like, yeah, that's happening in nature. And everything that happens in nature also happens with us humans because we're part of nature. And so people stop with all this. Oh, those are, they're just a choice. And those people are sick and they're just doing it. No, it's happening in nature. So are we going to start saying that those fish, they need mental health issues or and so on and so forth. Homosexuality happens with animals. Transgender stuff happens with animals. It's nature. So again, people, let's look at science and let's look at nature and let's use our brains. Yo, realist of the real, um, when it comes to, I think, how they view the transgenders or even the gay stuff in general, is that they're looking at the perversion of it. You know what I'm saying? Us as heterosexuals, the perversion of that would mean an orgy or a pornography or something of that nature. Again, real crass, real right there, right? So imagine being on the flip side, the other entity of um, be connecting with someone else. Cause again, to understand, to love two of the same, you have to take it to the most per personal areas into your own life. Right. So once you start subtracting and adding in, you can be hit by, by the, without lack of a better word, the gross factor, you know what I'm saying? And get lost on that sauce in itself that you totally overlook every other dynamic because that's how powerful the, the flesh is. If that makes any sense. It makes sense. And my debate, which is always my debate, is that all of this is because we live in a super religious world that we take a book that's thousands of years old. And if it's not in that book, it's not right. And it was written by people who didn't have the Internet and didn't understand how the world worked. They only, I mind you, they spoke about three to four languages, but even then you can't imagine things that weren't even invented at that time. The languages are invented in a secret form. You know what I'm saying? Cause isn't how English started. It was, it was a secret language at first. Well, no. So English, it was actually, <clears throat> cause you know, Europe, it's what it's like freaking a gang of different countries, if you will. And so the issue was that in England and how English came about, it came about from, 
15 different English languages that were kind of bastardized and put together. And so that's the reason why within the English language, you have a lot of things where it's like this word is spelled four different ways and has four different meanings and how there's all these different contradictions without the, uh, within the English language. It comes down to that it's kind of a bastardized language that kind of came from a whole bunch of different languages that were then put together to then turn it into what is what we know as English today. So, uh, yeah, so that's part of the reason why, yeah, the English language is so odd. And then even with, uh, you know, us being born in America and English is our first language, so it came to a lot of us naturally. That's the reason why um, it's easy for English people to learn other languages, but other languages have a hard time learning English because there's so many things that contradict themselves within our language. So, message. Yeah, so it's a hot mess. It's a hot mess. Okay, it's still pouring. We got that. What is it? Oh, you, oh, you were getting it. So you have one of them coffee joints. Yeah, that you put the little pot in or whatever. Okay. Yeah. And I hit the button, but it didn't go. So I guess I had to open it and close it again <laughs> and hit the button again. Now it's pouring. Mother, mother feezy. Mother feezies. <laughs> no, but uh, it. I do like it. Uh, cause you know, it's an instant coffee or whatever, whatnot. And it's pretty good. The only thing I don't like is the one we got. It only, well, no, it wasn't too expensive. I can't, uh, skips bought it. Um, it wasn't too expensive, but the one that we got, it only makes one cup. So it doesn't make like a pot. So it's yeah. a pot per cup. That's so, what I'm saying though. But you figure though, like if, if coffee and this is expensive to me, <laughs> I, I pay like 10, eight to 10 bucks for like a three pounder. Oh, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. So like, I can't imagine, I don't know, man, I mean, shit, you know, it's, it's all about what you're willing to pay. Right. And it's such a key, uh, shit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For the day. I don't know. I can't make it. Without it you. is for the most part, I, I would say, cause we're not super big coffee drinkers. I say on the weekend, we drink mm-hmm. coffee. Cause you know, it's like the week is over or whatever. We're not, and we're not working. So it's like, you know, instead of napping all day, it's like, okay, let's drink some coffee to stay awake and alert. Um, and so, yeah, so yeah. Cause during the week I don't drink coffee because during the, well, during the week I've drank coffee. I don't drink it at home because at work, uh, we have that espresso machine. And Uh so when I get to work, you don't make a pot in the morning before you go like on the way to work. No, I head to uh, work. I've dropped my bag, you know, set up my laptop at work, and then I head straight to the break room, turn that espresso the, the, machine on. The way you said that shit right now, you sound like some, like on some Chief Key shit. No, no. Oh. <laughs> but no, uh, no, yeah, because our espresso machine at work is legit. And so it's actually funny because I, it, well, because it has, it does coffee, it does lattes, it does espressos, does everything. And I know espresso shots you're supposed to put in coffee. But no, I get myself a triple espresso shot. I throw some creamer in it so it's not just bitter straight espresso. Mm-hmm. And that's what I drink. I drink a triple okay. espresso in the morning. I take my shirt to the dome. Nah, I mean, <laughs> nah, I mean, nah, I mean, get this coffee in my system. Nah, I mean, <laughs> yo, and it's crazy though. I, cause again, with my, my metal, I was proud to get this metal and, uh, this joint is solid. If I knew, cause they could, they could engrave it while you're up there. And if I would have known, I would have had a little money on the side or whatever to get this bad boy engraved. But, uh, yeah, this thing is sick, man. This is no, it's in the shape of the state too. Oh, yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, speak, hold on. Speaking of money, though, hold on. Give me a second. 
Oh, what you got? What you got? Oh, yeah, I can show you my new records too. Hold up. Hold on. I, I I thought it was mad corny when I seen other um, people talk about this, but it, I I would hope that it it, it can be it can be work. Have you ever seen this? it's a house of uh, uh, intuition or intu- I, I I feel totally illiterate now. I n t u i t i o i n is that intuition? I think so. Yeah, yeah intuition. Yeah, a house of intuition. And it says money on it. It says attracts money, luck, and financial abundance by clearing any blockages one may have in their career or finances to increase that cash flow. And it's a hoy magic candle. Uh, it says here suitable source uh, palm wax, oils, and stones. It says it creates a sacred space with a prayer uh, to your guides or to deity, blowing sage to the four directions or burning incense. Now, I actually got some sage upon this bitch, and I almost want to make sure we can do this for the for the show, so that, again we can finally get this on the rigmarole where it needs to be. It says, um, yeah, all right. It says here set your. Um, intentions for the outcome you desire visualize it through meditation and then light up the candle again i probably should have prepped more into it so it almost makes me want to turn this motherfucker off i don't know whether to do that or not or just let it let it flow because i was thinking about it as as as, uh, as i lit the thing up and uh, it says here pray over the candle each day it burns again visualizing the outcome you desire and if you uh, can't leave the candle burning then snuff it out after your ritual do not blow it out that's crazy and i've heard people say that before wait so snuff it out what, with your fingers that or like with a cover or something but you don't oh, blow it out and I've heard, i never heard that i've heard no, i've heard people in the little you know what i'm saying uh people who are crafty i uh, mentioned something like that you never do that which always freaked me out. Um, but it says here, then relight and snuff the candle each time you, you pray on it until the candle is finished. Turn the candle on and off the same time each day whenever possible. So I don't know exactly what time we, we got into it, but I, I turned it on uh, near the beginning of the show. Uh, it just says here, when your candle is done, you'll find a stone inside that will be supercharged with your intention. Dig out your crystal uh, if needed. Keep it on your altar or carry it with you as a totem reminding you of your spell. Stones uh, vary in each candle and put in the candle uh, intuitively. Uh, when you get is what the universe wants you to have. I so, like that. So one thing for sure, and I know this might, forgive me if this sounds corny, I'm going to look into the camera so I can talk to you first. Yeah. And I love you very much. And, you know what I'm saying, even though we're not able to always, you know, brothers to make it together or to try to uh, to do the shit possible, I look very much forward to be able to talk to you. I very yeah. look forward to be able to do things for the show. Um, I try to do all the little side things possible for it as well so that just to always keep content coming. And right now that's, that's in fruition too of um some guests that i want to try to put on and to side things hopefully we can go to events and i'll talk to you once i can yeah. square that stuff down for sure but i would pray that for both my side to your side and so that we can make this pop in some way and my promise to you if ever i can i can uh, get us there you, so you can come with me if, if you're down you know what i'm saying if yeah. you're up you know what i'm saying but that i'm saying my uh may this being as blessing of a moon is so we bang, can live- bang. We can live and do this. Yo, and I love those. I love the crystal idea 
of that in the bottom because when I had to go to the stupid rehab, uh, it was some positivity that came out of that. And one of the positive things that came out of it was when on your last day with rehab, they give you or they so they have this like or my teacher in particular, mm -hmm. she had this um thing that had all these crystals in it and what she does is she gives you the bots you go through you look through and you find your crystal so you're like okay this is the crystal yeah. that's kind of speaking to me you get that crystal then uh you give it back to her and then uh she holds it and she speaks positivity uh about you and then she passes around to everyone in the class and everyone in the class has to say something positive about you while holding the crystal and that they end they give it to you and you hold the crystal and you keep the crystal and to this day that crystal is in my wallet Yo, you keep it in the wallet. I keep I keep it with me everywhere I go. I keep that crystal with me. So it was like that was it was positive. It was like that was yeah. dope. When I had my brief stint, um I had and I kept it in the crevice. You know, like when you when you're driving your car, your the, the driver's side little has like a little panel. Something it's really just a handle for you to open and close the door, but something has like a little indent. You might hold shit, I don't know, a lighter or some change, maybe when you got change you put it in there. For whatever yeah. reason, that's where I put the crystal at in my Jeep. I'm pretty sure I moved it from there, but I kept it there for the longest time. And you know what I'm saying? My my baby, my Jeep always always kept trugging along with me. So Yeah I mean. Yeah I mean. <laughs> Y'all put that positivity out there. Yeah. That's so, what's up. Yeah. And you know, there's just been there's just so much that again could be done that should be done that I don't know. I hope to be able to make it out to people and they can they can dig it, they can rocks with us and uh, you know, make it every step. You didn't. Got to increase the wealth. Yeah. Increase the health, increase the wealth, increase the, I don't know, all that I just shit. Want, I just want to do what I love, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I can do that, I, I, I know I would be happy. You know, Yo, what you know what's crazy? <clears throat> so I was doing the math, and if we had 6,000 fans, and each, if each one of the fans donated a dollar a month, um, that would be $100,000 a year. Both of us could quit our jobs. I would, dude. I would be more than happy to make it on fifty free, like, uh, like uh, tax, like after tax. Well, like you would, you would have to pay taxes though, because that'd be that'd be fifty straight, yeah, before taxes. So, but then it's still you're making like forty, forty five k or whatever. But that's enough to live off of. But no, I was just doing the math, yeah. like what would be sustainable, and uh, six thousand fans paying a dollar a month, that would be a hundred thousand dollars a year. Um, and yeah, that would be enough to live off of. Uh, split it down the middle 50 50 or whatever and then um yeah and then you could make the podcasting a full-time job put out more content more all kinds of shit because it's a ton of stuff that we can do if we yeah. had the time we have the <laughs> pop culture the pop culture and current event stuff yeah. you have a separate music one you can have a separate gaming one you could do the gaming channel i could have a separate wrestling channel there's so much that we can uh, do if we had time yes bro, and then that's all it comes down to one of uh, God bless you. One of the the main things that um, I've been trying to do is to meet other local talent that you know that are out. To, you know, what I'm saying not only to get to know, you know, what I'm saying, but to also hopefully one day, you know, what I'm saying if they make it in their end of the spectrum, I can interview them again. You know, what I'm saying, and again have that full circle thing. Also, again, it's like no ride. We're each gonna bump each other up, you know. So hopefully, people understand that when it comes to the interview process. It, it is a 50 50 sort of thing to where you know what i'm saying we want to get to know you especially personally when i when i reach out to certain people like i truly want to get to know them as well as 
promote their stuff and as well as you know what I'm saying off the big of, of their um uh demographic or audience base that then hey maybe you know a little bit about us or you know what I'm saying and so it's just it's a uh, hopefully setting good vibes and good karmatic stuff out there as well as you know what I'm saying just be able to be part of the scene and I think that's one of the heaviest things and hardest things to be able to do is to be part of the scene because you gotta give your whole life into it people who are down in these venues like how you did when you was when you was doing music yeah. uh, on that heavy tip like you need to be there at every event you need to be there at every go you literally need to be out out three times a night you know what I'm saying just like how you would a dedicated church you know what I'm saying that has to be a church yeah. and so yeah, that 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 into itself is uh, is mad heavy, but yeah, I, I don't know. Again, to be able to do that, oh my goodness, as a nine to five, dude, we can go on location. We all those little side things that I want, little yeah. uh, background story things that we could have done. Like that would be a good Patreon like tier or level, and yeah. we should we should kind of look look into something like that. And that's one of the uh, one of the podcasts I listen to. It's a wrestling podcast. It's these two white guys from Sacramento, and uh, essentially they're at a point now where they have a big enough fan base where the fan base is kind of paying their salaries, if you will. And so they put out they put out like five podcasts a week. It's all based around wrestling. So it's five podcasts a week. Each uh, day is a different thing, like recap show rumors. Uh, there's another one where people, the whole show is people like sending in video chats and then responding to. Then uh, they also have their Twitch channel with video games. And so they do their own video game stuff. Like it's a gang of stuff that they do. Do you have and, Amazon um, Prime by the way? I don't. They say that if you get Amazon Prime, you get like one free Twitch channel or something like that. So uh, that's what I've noticed a lot of people oh, in, the, actually, in the promotion. If they get might have it. Yeah, you get a free Twitch channel. She probably hasn't used it, I'm imagining, unless the kids already done beat you to it. Well, no, I know. Yeah, the kids don't know nothing about no Twitch. Yeah, we ain't setting nothing like that up. So, but um, look into that. But no, yeah. But no, that's the that's the end all be all. But um, God bless it. God bless it. God bless it. We're gonna make it happen. Uh, what 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 Jay Z say? Whether we dribble out this motherfucker, rap metaphors, hospital out this motherfucker, some way we gonna get about this motherfucker. Hey, message, <laughs> message on messes on messages. Hopefully, <laughs> the Checking all the seats, but the only thing I saw was a bag of cocaine. Uh, Papa was too solid, he ain't never tell a lie. I went in to tell him about it. He said, Oh, that must be God. He worked with me at the job. I said, Oh, and walked away. He said, Oh, before you go, make sure you don't tell your mom about the cocaine. Walking to the store, it was right there on the corner. Then we seen the guy that's homeless. He was wrapped up in the blanket. He was looking really cold. Then he asked us for some change. Then he asked us if we know who had the cocaine. Cocaine. I'm losing my mind.
trying to figure out how did I inherit so much pain? I drink a lot of alcohol, problems with the law, but I have done better or the same. Daddy never tried. Okay. Daddy never tried cocaine. Okay. Uh. So my father's only next logical step was to go to rehab. And that's exactly what he did. He went to rehab and got completely clean. Hasn't did a drug. He did that for himself, but he did that because he didn't want to lose us. Strong man. Uh, now let's talk about how much I respect my pop. He been through so much in life. We ain't never had a lot. We just had each other's back. That was really all we need. Pop, I love you unconditional. And thanks for loving me more than cocaine. My father tells me over cocaine. Say that I'm an addict who inherits your pain. If you didn't like this podcast, it's probably cause you're racist. Yeah. Fuck your feelings though. <laughs> yeah. What's up, man? You hear me?